Oh, Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadillo. You knew it was coming. I told you last week. This is the Tolkien Geek, and this is the Tolkien Lore Channel, and we're talking about Tom Bombadil in this video. And you've probably been anticipating it, especially if you don't know who he is. Uh, you may have read up a little bit on him since you've heard me mention him, but I'm going to talk about Tom Bombadil, his part in the story, and a little bit of his background and some of the weird things about him that make him a really interesting addition to the story. So let's get going. So when Tom Bombadil first shows up, he cuts a rather comical picture. He uh, He's singing what, as far as the hobbits can tell, is just a nonsense song filled with nonsense phrases and just random sounds as far as I can tell. When he finally comes from behind the hedge, he's wearing a blue coat, yellow boots, an old battered hat. In the last video I mentioned it was yellow. It doesn't actually say that. It just says it's old and battered. Um, and the hat has a blue feather. He's not tall enough to be a man, but he's not short enough to be a dwarf, so it's not really clear what he is. And he's got this long beard, kind of like a dwarf, but again, he's too tall. So, you know, he, he just seems kind of strange, and he's just kind of jumping and dancing along, singing this nonsense song. But anyway, Frodo and Sam run up to him asking him to help, and he's carrying this uh, a lily pad full of lilies, basically, that he's taking to his wife Goldberry, which we find out more about her later. And he hears their story, and when he finds out that it's the old willow, then he says, oh, is that all? That's no big deal. I can solve that. And he goes over to the, to the old man willow and basically sings a song to old man willow, and eventually the willow opens its crack and basically spits Merry and Pippin back out. I mean, forcefully, not just lets them crawl out, literally, like, spits or kicks them out, almost. So anyway, that solves that problem. And that kind of brings up an interesting point about Tom Bombadil. He's always singing, and it's, it's his singing that seems to have, you know, more power than anything else that he does. It's, it's like any time he accomplishes something, it's through his singing. And a lot of people have kind of latched onto that and use that as a theory of what, what he may be in the world of Tolkien. Tolkien never really says what Tom Bombadil is. It's a mystery he leaves as a mystery. He never explains it. Some people have, you know, guessed maybe because the world of Middle-earth uh, Arda was created essentially through music of the Ainur, which are, the Valar are among the Ainur. They're basically the angels of Tolkien's world, uh, the Arda was created through the power of music, essentially. And so some people, because Tom Bombadil uses music or song to accomplish the things that he does, have theorized maybe he's an embodiment of the music of the Ainur in Arda. And part of the reason for that, too, is he's also called the Eldest. I mean, it, the Elves call him the Eldest. He says he's been around longer than the Elves, that he was walking Middle-earth before the first Elf was arrived. So there's all this evidence that he's basically the oldest living thing in Middle-earth, but nobody can really give him an origin. So that's why some people have kind of gone that route. I mean, he's either, you know, an embodiment of the music, or he is himself one of the angelic beings in the universe, something, because he's been there essentially forever. So at any rate, Tom Bombadil, after he rescues, rescues them, leads them to his house where he lives with his wife Goldberry, who is the Riverman's daughter. And there's another mystery that you never really get solved. I mean, is she a water nymph? What is she? It's not really ever made clear. Um, 
he brings them to his house and they have dinner and they end up going to bed that night and all but Sam have at least some kind of dream. Sam doesn't remember any dreams when he wakes up. He just basically sleeps like a log. And Frodo's dream, he basically sees what we find out later is Gandalf on top of the Tower of Orthanc hearing the sounds of orcs and other nasty things down below. Uh, and he also sees an eagle flying in the area. And then he hears the galloping of hooves. And that wakes him up and he... You know, he's remembering Black Riders, and you know that terrifies him, but he falls back to sleep, and he's okay. Pippin dreams of the tree. He dreams of Old Man Willow being stuck. He hears, like, a creak-creak noise, and what he's really hearing is just, like, a branch knocking on the window on the at, at the room that they're in. He wakes up and realizes that's all it is, but in the dream, he was thinking Old Man Willow, and he was terrified. Mary is also terrified because he hears the sound of water coming into the room and he's worried that he's going to be drowned. It's interesting that Mary has this dream because Mary is a brandy buck and brandy bucks are the ones who are really the most familiar with and comfortable with water. And so it's kind of odd that he's having the dream that he's worrying about being drowned. And it's never really connected with much of anything else after that point either. So it's not really clear why that's there. Anyway... After that night, they wake up, and then the next day is where it starts to get a little more interesting. So let's get into that. So the next day, Goldberry is having her washing day, and what that means for the hobbits is it's raining. So again, there seems to be this power that Tom and or Goldberry have over the forest itself to make things happen, even in terms of weather. So anyway, the hobbits are basically stuck there for the day, Tom Bombadil spends most of it telling them stories. And by stories, I mean history of Middle-earth, and particularly their region of Middle-earth, including the the Old Man Willow and, and the Old Forest itself. And it's not particularly good storytelling for right before nighttime, which is why he tells it in the morning and not the previous night when Frodo asks him a question about it. And he basically explains how... Old Man Willow and other trees in the forest as well basically hate anything that goes on two legs. And you kind of have to wonder, again, if that's because they're ants that have been treated badly or, you know, I mean, where does this come from? There's another hint that comes along a little later, though. Bombadil continues telling them stories, and then he kind of moves on beyond the actual edges of the forest itself and gets to the parts of uh, Middle-earth that are was once the kingdom of Arnor. And I've gone into some of the history of Arnor before, and I'll link to that in the description below so you can catch up on that. But he basically tells some of the history of that. It doesn't say that, but, I mean, the description of the stories that he tells, he's talking about kings of little kingdoms fighting each other and towers fell and all these different things. It's clearly a reference to some of the history of Arnor. And so he keeps telling them these stories, and then that turns to the history of the Barrow Downs, which... Um, I've also referenced in the other video, but he basically talks about how the Downs were, you know, one of, part of one of the kingdoms. Eventually, it became basically a lot of grave sites for different people or whatever. And for a long time after the fall of the different kingdoms, it was just, there was nothing really going on there. Uh, people would tend sheep flocks on the hills, and then they left. And then after that, a shadow came and the bones within the graves stirred, and then that's when you get the actual Barrow Whites, which are basically 
you know, for lack of a better term, ghosts. Um, it's not really clear if they have physical form or not. I mean, theoretically they have to because of what ends up happening, and I'll get into that in the next video next week, but they, uh, they're undead of some sort or other. And the hobbits are actually already aware of these stories. These stories have been told in the Shire, and they're not really comfortable about it. And they realize, wait, Tom Bombadil's house is actually kind of right on the border of those Barrow Downs. Um, but anyway, that comes up to be important later on. And then he moves even beyond that and starts getting into the, the greater history of Middle-earth, back even into the First and Second Ages when you know, the elves first walked Middle-earth and all this other stuff, and it just goes on and on and on, and then he finally stops, and then the hobbits realize they're starving, because they're hobbits, and so they have dinner, and then it's Tom Bombadil's turn to ask them questions. He already seems to know a lot about them, but he tells them a lot about <clears throat> Farmer Maggot, which is odd. He knows who Farmer Maggot is and seems to think pretty highly of him. Um, and in the movie... You know, the only real reference we get to Farmer Maggot is Merry and Pippin are stealing his food. That's not really how it goes in the book. I'll have to do another video on the Farmer Maggot episode because it's much more substantial and much more interesting. Um, but anyway, he thinks of Farmer Maggot as somebody who actually knows a little bit about the world. And he asks them more questions about what they're doing. And eventually he even asks Frodo for the ring. Frodo, of course, is rather hesitant to give it to him. And it, it's kind of just a weird... <laughs> thing for him to give it to him anyway. But what's really interesting about the episode is Tom Bombadil ends up putting on the ring and doesn't turn invisible. So there again is this hint that Bombadil is definitely something a little more more powerful or substantial than just your typical race of Middle-earth. And again, who knows what that means, but he puts it on and at first the hobbits don't even realize it, but then they realize, wait a minute, he's not invisible. And then he starts doing... Bombadil's kind of mischievous. He's He throws the ring around a little bit and throws it up in the air and it disappears. And of course, all, Frodo is just panicked at this, but he then kind of just pulls it out of nowhere and gives it back to Frodo. Frodo then, for you know reasons that maybe are rationalized in his mind, ends up deciding to put the ring on when nobody's looking just to make sure that it is the same ring and it still turns him invisible. Um, and eventually, yes, Mary does turn and try to say something to him and realizes he's not there. So Frodo knows that, yes, he is invisible. He tries to walk off, and Tom Bombadil can still see him, which is even more interesting. So, again, there's a lot going on with Tom Bombadil that, that makes for a really interesting story, but you can't really explain any of it because there's no real information on who or what he is. In fact, the hobbits ask him at one point, Frodo specifically, who are you? And he says, don't you know yet? I'm the eldest. Who are you, alone and nameless? Basically making the point that I can't really explain any further. I'm just, I am who I am. And that's all the explanation we ever get. So so that basically brings that day to an end. Goldberry finishes her washing that day. And then the next day, Tom Bombadil has the hobbits set out on their journey. He gives them some instructions. You know, go this way. Make sure you don't go that way because then you'll run into the Barrow Downs and you'll get into all kinds of trouble. If for some reason you do run into trouble, sing this song and I'll be around to help. And that's where the Ho Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadillo line from my the beginning of the video comes in. That's the first line of the song, and then there's more to it as well. But anyway, 
he basically makes them memorize that song. And then the next day they do set out on their journey. And then we end up with the episode of the Barrow Downs, which will be in next week's video. So stay tuned for that one. That'll wrap it up for Tom Bombadil. He does show up a little bit more in the Barrow Downs episode, but this covers pretty much the bulk of his involvement directly other than that. So I'll stop here. So for those of you who haven't seen them, I mean, who haven't read the book, I should say, I hope you kind of learned something about Tom Bombadil there. I mean, his name kind of pops up uh, in a lot of Tolkien talk just because he is such an interesting character. And this kind of gives you a little bit of background on who he is, why he's important. Again, this is an episode that doesn't really move the plot forward in a lot of substantial ways, but it is a very interesting episode. So that's kind of where I wanted to go with this, kind of give some of you a, an idea of what it's about, who he is, and you know why you know if you've got that one guy in your friend group who read Tolkien and knows everything there is to know about it and complain that Tom Bombadil wasn't in the movie, now you know what he's talking about. So... If you liked the video, please give it a like. Please subscribe to the channel if you want to learn more about Tolkien's worlds or any of his writings or anything about Tolkien at all. Or you can follow me at Twitter at J-R-R-T Lore. And I'll see you next time. This is the Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore channel. Namadieh.